the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always an honor. Today is Tuesday, November the 1st, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On November 1, 1991, Clarence Thomas took his place as the newest justice on the Supreme Court. As I, as, as I have often said, it's my belief that he's one of the great justices ever to serve on that court. And there have been many good ones. Today in 1478, the Spanish Inquisition was established. Today in 1512, Michelangelo's just-completed paintings on the ceiling of the Vatican Sistine Chapel were publicly unveiled. Today in 1604, William Shakespeare's tragedy, Othello, was first presented at Whitehall Palace in London. Today in 1765, the Stamp Act was passed by the British Parliament, went into effect, it prompted... Stiff resistance, that would be an understatement, from the American colonists. They were really upset about this one. Today in 1870, the United States Weather Bureau made its first meteorological observations. Today in 1936, a speech in Milan, uh, Italy, Benito Mussolini described the alliance between his country and Nazi Germany as an axis running between Rome and Berlin. Today, in 1950, two Puerto Rican nationalists tried to force their way into the Blair House in Washington, D.C. They were trying to assassinate President Harry S. Truman, they said. Today, in 1952, the United States exploded the first hydrogen bomb on an atoll in the um, Marshall Islands. And one year ago today, at a U.N. summit in Scotland, President Joe Biden apologized to the world for Donald Trump. He said Donald Trump's decision to leave the Paris Climate Change Agreement and for the role that the U.S. and other wealthy countries have played in contributing to climate change, he said, I apologize for Donald Trump and for America. That sounds a little bit like Barack Obama. Remember when Barack Obama first got elected as president of the United States? He went, I mean, he wasn't in office. It didn't seem like he was in office for five minutes before he was off to the Middle East. Um, and he was apologizing everywhere he went. He, he would apologize for America and apologize for our history and our history of racism. And on and on and on he would go. Well, interestingly enough, um, apparently the Democrats agree with that take on America because they're desperate now to convince voters in this midterm election, that's one week from today, I mean, the counting is, the people have been voting ad finem forever, uh, it seems like, leading up to this thing, the way we do with mail-in ballots and all this. Anyway, we'll talk about that more in the coming days, but anyway, the Democrats are getting really desperate because things are turning more and more toward a pretty big Republican win in this election. So what they've done is to convince voters 
that this is not a referendum on President Biden and the economy. They're dredging up none other than Barack Obama to save the day. He's the most pessimistic, self-centered, narcissistic person I think has ever been in the White House and in the Oval Office. But they've got him out there. Biden is pretty much on the sidelines now. He and his wife, Dr. Jill, were outside just a couple of nights ago. They stepped outside of the the White House. Uh, Honest. I mean, this isn't a lead story in, in the media news, but it happened. They stepped outside the White House, and there was the doors were locked except for one was was left open there. And there's, I guess there's a lot of doors around there. But anyway, they took a little walk, and they couldn't remember which door it was. No, not just Joe, but Jill. It's kind of like Joe and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Well, we won't go there. That was that fairy little fairy tale thing was a political statement in its day. They couldn't figure out how to get back in. They were wandering around out there to finally found some security guys to let them in. It's amazing. Anyway, the Democrats are hoping that Obama can mobilize suburban and swing voters who otherwise might set out the election and keep Republicans from taking over Congress and key governor's seats. I think they're a day late and a dollar short on that. I don't know. We'll see. But on on Tuesday... Uh, Today, Obama hits Nevada, Arizona, and on Wednesday finishes in Pennsylvania over the weekend, where Biden will also uh, finally emerge from his hiding to join him. Um, It just isn't going to work for them in my mind. I could be wrong, and if I am, I'll, I'll tell you I was. But he has a terrible track record as a surrogate. I was looking at that a little bit this morning. And in the past, even when he was president, where he would go out and campaign for other people, oftentimes they didn't win. And maybe it was just a fluke. I don't know. But I don't think he has that great of appeal except to himself personally. And he is a kind of a charismatic type guy. And, and you know, he's, a, he's a, a con to be, in my view, among politicians. But his big lie about the health care reform law was – one of the great big lies of history. But now he's running around the country blaming Republicans for endangering democracy and for being obsessed with Donald Trump. He can't quite get over Trump. He's a, he, he's he's accusing American citizens of being obsessed with Donald Trump. He's the one that's obsessed with Donald Trump. He can't live a day without talking about it. But anyway, that's what's happening in politics. We'll be talking More about that in the days to come, particularly talking about voting. I hope if you haven't voted yet, please do. Please plan to, depending on where you live and what the protocols of voting are. But please vote. It it really is a a spiritual responsibility. And as I said, we'll be talking more about that in the, the next few days. But it's a spiritual responsibility to vote. And I know a lot of people go, I don't want to get involved in politics. I'm not going to get involved. That's dirty. And that's exactly why we must be involved in them. It is dirty. It's it's filthy dirty. I mean, it's corrupt in many cases. That's why Christians need to be the salt and the light in that venue of corruption. 
Well, justice has been served after a long seven-year battle. Remember Coach Kennedy over in Bremerton? Yeah, he's, uh, boy, I'll tell you, he, he, he hung in there. And uh, for years, he would pray silently. I've talked about Coach Kennedy, I don't know, probably a dozen times over the last number of years on this program. But he would silently just pray on the 50-yard line and after a game and uh, football. And um, he didn't encourage others to join him, although they started doing that. But about half the team ended up just voluntarily they would kneel and say a prayer after the game. And uh, the school, of course, dismissed him. Eventually, they threatened him and told him if he didn't stop, kind of like Daniel, if he didn't stop praying to God, they were going to fire him. And eventually, they he didn't, and they did. So anyway, now the high school has been told by the Supreme Court, and we talked about that at some length on this program this last summer, that it must back down from its silencing and and stopping of people to express their faith. They can't do that. So Bremerton High School, uh, I noticed the Blaze was reporting this morning that Bremerton High School must now reinstate Coach Joseph Kennedy after firing him for praying with his team. Uh, I haven't confirmed that, but I mean, the Blaze is reporting it. I would assume they've confirmed it. But I was re- I was reminded of what Justice Gorsuch said during that hearing at the Supreme Court. And it just warms my heart that a justice on the Supreme Court would say this. He said, said, uh, in his majority opinion, he, he wrote it, he said, school staff, he said, were free to speak with a friend, called for a reservation at a restaurant, check email, or attend to other personal matters. But Coach Kennedy could not spend a few minutes thanking God. The Founding Fathers never envisioned a day where individuals were punished for offering a thanksgiving to God. I can't tell you how good that makes me feel. I've never met Joe Kennedy, but he, he's got to be a great guy, and he loves the Lord, and he loves football, and he loves the kids at Bremerton. And it appears that he's going to be back whether they want him or not. And that just makes my heart feel warm and good because we live in a world where there's just this constant drumbeat of resistance against people of faith if their faith is in God. If they have some weird faith and they're worshiping trees out on the Olympic Peninsula or whatever, that's fine. There's no problem with that. But don't talk to God because we can't have that separation of church and state. That makes me feel good. Makes me want to say, praise the Lord. Another good piece of good news, Christian University has credited God for the record number of students it welcomed this year, both online and in person. Liberty University in Litchburg, Virginia. They went through some very difficult times, as you may know. Jerry Falwell Jr., as it ended up, he and his wife were not living a, a very Christian life. And they were involved in all kinds of things. She was having an affair with some guy at a some pool guy down in Miami where they were jetting down there for multiple vacations or whatever. I don't know Jerry Jr. I knew his dad very well, senior. His dad would not be happy about the way Jerry Jr. conducted his life 
as the uh, head of the Liberty University. So anyway, when all of this broke into the news, the Liberty University, as you may know, and I mentioned it on this program, they dismissed him, as they should have. And um, everyone was a little bit concerned how it might negatively affect the university. Well, the report is out, and it didn't. Liberty University welcomed more than 130 thousand students for the first time this fall through its residential and online programs. The campus had a record-breaking 15,800 students, and its online program saw 115,000 students enroll to pursue a degree online. Liberty University is the largest Christian university in the world. I mean, truly Christian, with an evangelical statement of faith and so on, and mission. The school also offers online Christian education, K-12 students, through its Liberty University Online Academy. 18,400 students enrolled this fall in that program. The number of incoming students living on campus this year is 4,600, a close second to the 4,800 new and transferred undergraduate students. The school's residential population consists of students from all 50 states and over 80 different countries around the world. The interim president, Jerry Prevo, he said, quote, God continues to bless Uni- Liberty University, and we are grateful to have started this year off strong with our largest student body ever. Well, again, praise the Lord, because they had every reason to have go through some difficult years. That apparently did not happen. God has blessed them and helped them, and they do stand, not a perfect university. Jerry Falwell Sr., as I said, I knew him very well. Um, almost got involved with him in some ministry some years ago. and I just ultimately didn't feel that's what God wanted me to do. But anyway, he was a good guy, and he was what he appeared to be. Took a beating from the press because he took his position publicly, and he had a lot of influence, but he was really a good guy. But his son just went off the rails, uh, that son. He has another son who has not. But nonetheless, God has blessed that university and uh, is blessing it, and I'm thankful for that, and, and, and other universities as well. It's just that Liberty is such a high-profile school uh, around the world, and it is the largest Christian university in the world. So thank the Lord. There, there are a lot of things going on that we don't hear about that's good, and I try to involve them in this program, but as we address the issues of the day, most of the issues are so dark and so uh, just evil. Like this matter with Paul Pelosi. Man, this thing is getting complicated. I'm not going to talk about that today, but I am paying attention to it, and I will keep you posted as this goes forward, because this is more than just a story about somebody that hates Nancy Pelosi and beat up on her husband with a hammer. I mean, there's there's more to that than this. I, I just sense that from what I've read. And I'm not going to get into it today, but we'll watch it as it unfolds. I mean, I don't have a, a team of investigative reporters. I wish I did, but we don't have. But I'm watching other people that are trustworthy doing some research. And there's there's more to this story than the press is trying to tell. They, they are crafting the story basically around the idea that the 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 mega republicans of whom they don't they 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 admit not all republicans are mega republicans but most are as far as the left is concerned 
and they're saying that this was an effort by one of their own because they say this guy, even though this guy his whole life is immersed up to that moment in left-wing um, advocacy and left-wing ideology, from Black Lives Matter to on and on and on. But now all of a sudden they've made him a mega Republican. I mean, man, these these people have no shame, I'll tell you. And so anyway, that, that's what's going on. But there's more to this story. I, I can just tell you that. I don't know what it is, but we'll we'll find out. We'll discover it together. And I'll be talking about it as we proceed <clears throat> Excuse me, on this program. Also wanted to mention today, I want to talk to you a little bit about a movement that they're trying to get going, the left, in America regarding voting. I just want to make you aware of it. It isn't in place, but boy, are they working on it. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. But before I do, I want to just say thank you to all of you who support this ministry. We um, This is a time in my life when I probably should be playing golf, but I, I really feel like God has called me to do what we're doing here. And we started out, and Tom Reed and I had a conversation some several years ago, and he said, man, you need to do a radio program. I said, man, I don't want to do a radio program. I've been doing things like that my whole life. And I'm over 40 now, and I probably am not going to be doing those kinds of things anymore. Anyway, here we are, and it's been, I don't know, about 10 years now since we started this, and I'm still looking forward to retirement someday, but not today. But anyway, with that sense in my spirit that God called me to do this, I mean, I really believe that strongly, and God has blessed it. Um, And we will continue as God provides through people like yourself. I just wanted to say that we, it, things have gone well for us financially. We've met our budget through the pandemic and everything. But the last couple of months, we struggled a little bit. I've got a lot of notes from people that said, man, I, my, I'm starting to feel the effects now, the after effects of the pandemic. And I'm not able to give as much as I could, but I can give this. I mean, some of our even larger donors. And so I just wanted to say that this month, I was told yesterday our office told me yesterday, the last day of the month of October, that we we are about $4,800 short on our budget. Our budget is significant. I mean, we're on a, quite a few stations in the Northwest and Arizona and California. And so that's not like insurmountable, but it is important. And we need about $4,800 more than our budget this month to keep things balanced and upright. So... Um, if the Lord would speak to your heart about that to help us, uh, it, all of it or part of it, I mean, there are those of you out there that can do that, and I am grateful and humbled. And you have written larger checks from time to time. So I would just make you aware of that. If God speaks to your heart about it, uh, thank you in advance. And to all of you who regularly support our minist- this ministry every month, every week, thank you so much. Um, I'm humbled by it. Truly, I am, and very thankful. So thank you. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I should not have taken that last drink of coffee. I I admit that. I confess it. But, man, it was good, really good. This time of the year, coffee gets better, you know, I mean, as the the cold rolls into the northwest and all of that. Uh, coffee gets really, really good this time of the year. And I just before I said good morning to you this morning, I took one last drink of coffee. I should not have done that. 
But anyway, our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, Faith and Freedom, all one word, faithandfreedom.us. And um, you'll see a tab there that you can contribute online. Thank you so much. Voting has long been one of the great privileges of American citizenship. That could be changing, and that's what I want to talk to you for just a few minutes this morning, just make you aware of it. Left-wing activists are going all in with their demands to change that. They really are. The, the district, of, it's not in place, it's not happening, but they're working on this. And you'll, if you know about it, you'll, you'll see the efforts pop up from time to time. They're trying to do this. It, they've got a couple of steps to go through. But the District of of Columbia, D.C. City Council, has advanced a bill to let anyone vote in local elections. Anybody. Illegal aliens. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Regardless of citizenship or immigration status, as long as they live in this city for at least 30 days, they can vote. They can decide the course of this nation if they're illegal criminal aliens living there for 30 days. I don't know how they'll prove it's 30 days. I doubt that they'll be called on to prove they've lived there 30 days. But nonetheless, that's that's the narrative coming out of Washington, D.C. now. And there are others talking about it, cheering it on, because they're saying it's a good idea, and it would be a good idea for their state as well. D.C. is not a state, of course. But this idea is picking up momentum among leftist Democrats. The Washington Post, the Washington Post is getting concerned as liberal as they are, they said yet uh, this weekend in a in a story they said voting is a foundational right. This is not, you know, God bless America. This is Washington Post. They said voting is a fundamental right of citizenship. That's why we oppose a bill poised to pass the D.C. Council this week that would allow an estimated fifty thousand non-citizen residents to cast ballots in local elections. Well, Thomas Jefferson would have agreed with the Washington Post on that statement. He said the elective franchise, if guarded as the ark of our safety, Thomas Jefferson, he said, will peaceably dissipate all combinations to subvert a constitution dictated by the wisdom and resting on the will of the people. The people, in the mind of our founders, every time they used the word the people, they were talking about citizens. And citizens were citizens, not visitors, not the so-called stranger in a strange land, as the left likes to talk about. The people were the citizens, and they are the ones to decide what the future of this country is. The Post continued, they said, the newspaper, this newspaper has opposed efforts over the past decade to rewrite D.C.'s election code so green card holders could vote. Well, it's beyond green card holders. What's now before the council is more radical. The proposal has been expanded to give voting rights in local elections to all non-citizen adults, regardless of whether they are in the country legally or so long as they've resided in the district 30 days. The Washington Post goes on and on. This movement is very, I mean, there's much more, but that's the kind of the, the, the thrust of it. But this movement is very disturbing. I mean, the Heritage Foundation, the Daily Signal, they too are alarmed. I mean, people that watch these things are getting alarmed because this is starting to get some traction. This whole idea 
It's compassionate. It's virtuous. If we let everybody vote, it's not fair that, what's his name from somewhere, who breezed in here, into America, probably illegally, has lived here for 30 days, why shouldn't he get to vote? It's not fair that he or she or they or whatever get to vote. The signal explains that the left is looking for ways to shift the country's politics by fundamentally changing who can vote. Even the Post concedes that progressives hope that reshaping the electorate will allow them to reshape local politics. Prodding the D.C. further to the left on issues such as rent control, spending on social programs, those kinds of things. I mean, that's what's behind this. It isn't like this would be better for the country. Oh, no. This would be better for the political party, the political agenda. And there are plenty to, you know, plenty of ideas to choose from. Consider the over 5 million illegal immigrants have entered the United States in just the two years since President Joe Biden was elected. They assume that if they let these people vote, they'll vote Democrat. And they may be right. I don't know. Probably. Enfranchising them in the local races creates a powerful, perverse incentive for politicians to excuse or even demand an ongoing humanitarian crisis on the border. I mean, that's what this is about. Let them come in by the millions and then let's let them vote. And we can sustain our position of power. And we should all be aware of this. This uh, Jason Sneed, he's the executive director of the Honest Elections Project. He said, when the left is accused of backing open borders for the prospect of new voters, they, of course, retort that it is illegal for any non-citizen to vote in federal elections. That's true. It is. But, true enough, but races for Congress or the White House are hardly the only ones that matter, Jason says. And he's right. Americans have seen firsthand the great damage that can be done when the woke left captures school boards and town councils. As the old saying goes, all politics are local. At least 15 uh, municipalities nationally have enfranchised non-citizens to vote in local races already, including major cities like San Francisco and New York. The Big Apple's law, uh, Sneed says, is virtually identical to Washington's pending measure Anyone in the city for 30 days can vote, including illegal aliens. This measure was challenged in court earlier this year. A New York Supreme Court judge struck it down by violating uh, the state constitution. Uh, Had it gone into effect, 800,000 non-citizens would have been handed the vote in, in New York City. But they haven't stopped. They are being persistent with this, and they are not going to let this drop. There is some pushback among our so-called public servants. Tom Cotton, he's a good guy from Arkansas, a Republican senator. He's pledged a resolution to overturn it. Uh, Others are taking action. But again, I just wanted you to be aware that this is happening. And I don't know that Jay Inslee or whomever in Oregon is above considering it because it's becoming kind of in vogue for the far left. Even though polling shows that only 9% of Americans think non-citizens should be able to vote, the far left Democrats are claiming to be saving democracy, and they keep pushing this movement forward. One thing good that's come out of this is that they've turned a light on the fact that it's happening, 
And we're talking about it today, and perhaps you were not aware, but now you are. President Eisenhower once said, the future of this republic is in the hands of the American voter. Be sure to vote. I'll see you right here tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.